Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday, one more week, right? We have made it, we have done whatever it is that was necessary for us to do to get to this point. Yes, it has been a long week, so I'm not even going to act as if it wasn't. It's always a long week. So let's just get right into today's episode. My heart goes out to every last individual who is dealing with the tragic storms in Texas. I had a flood in my house over the summer, but this, the way that the storm ravaged through Texas and a lot of the homes and apartment buildings and businesses, my house was like a drop in a bucket, literally almost compared to that. There are people who are losing and have lost and will lose their entire home for most people if not all home security is super important so the fact that people are having a situation where they don't have their home and therefore not secure is major the fact that people are in a situation where they can't get food and even if they had the food couldn't cook the food and are hungry can't get into stores to get certain food because they don't have power. This is major. I have on my own some of my personal friends who are in Texas who are struggling. So for every last one of you who have friends or family or you yourselves are struggling right now in Texas with these storms, my heart, my prayers go out to you. This is a tragedy that just, I feel like I wish could be prevented. Texas is just one of those places that are just normally mild weather. So for this to happen right now in the midst of a winter storm, which for them, winter doesn't mean the same as winter up north. This is huge. So I want us to all make sure that we extend our prayers, our thoughts, and if we can, some coin towards Texas right now and don't just say oh pray for Texas and not really do it like when somebody says pray for them you should probably take the second to just do it right then and immediately that's what I do because you know our mind is we're human we're we will tend to forget so when someone says oh girl pray for me I stop right where I'm at and just start praying even while the midst of them talking just start to pray so that I don't forget So keep them in your actual real prayer and in your heart. And again, if you have money that you can donate towards, there's a lot of different causes. So be very careful to vet, but make sure that if you can, to make sure that you give towards those individuals 
who definitely need our need every support that we can possibly get. We're going to talk a little bit more about Texas, but at least we're going to talk about right now, just lifting them up in prayer. By the time I go back to the Texas conversation, it's going to be about some of this foolishness of what we consider to be human care because we've lost touch of that. I mean, we already were on the verge of losing it little by little, but just the inhumane ways that I've seen conversations go, leadership go, makes no sense. It's disgusting, to be honest with you, but we'll get more to that a little later. If this is your first time listening to Conversations with Toy, I hope that it is not your last. This is a safe space for you to listen and get encouraged by conversations that we talk about. We talk about everything from therapy, relationships, self-care, mental health. We don't leave anything off the table. So if this is your first time, welcome. And I hope that you come back. Send this podcast to someone that you know. It could be something that could uplift them, something that they're going through. We will try to do our best to talk about the self-care things that have worked for me. And again, this is personal because what works for me may not work for you, but it at least can be an encouragement to start the journey of the conversation about what's important for you for self-care. We will talk about social media topics again, because we live in a social media world and there could be topics that you may have not even heard of. But again, we always try to bring them to some type of reference about how it can either make us better or make us think. And I wrote a tweet today. If you're not following me on Twitter, I'm on Twitter as Toy Time Blog. And I wrote a tweet about how we can't even ask people to start doing better until we become better. Like we, I, my husband always said, do better. No one's above a do better. And I've always like put that into mindset and I use it all the time. But today I want to change, not just a do better, but let's start to be better because we can't do better if we're not becoming better. So write that down. Do better, but be better. The very first conversation that I want to talk about, and I preface this that there could be someone who may feel that this could be a triggerish conversation. And as much as I want to go deep, deep, deep into it, we're going to have a, just a general conversation about it. So I'm not sure if you ever have heard of an, a, young, a young woman. Her name is, um, her, her, I want to say her stage name, her YouTube name is Unwind with Tasha K. Spelled just like it says, Unwind with Tasha K. I first got put on to Tasha K. I want to say maybe a few years ago, maybe three or four years ago. I'm not going to say that I consistently watch her. I kind of catch her when I can, not because I don't think that she puts out good stories because she gets all the way like any story you that is out, she's going to get to the to the nit and gritty of every conversation. So if you have a YouTube channel, look up Unwind with Tasha K. Some of her stories might be considered very controversial. She does use a lot of uh, spicy language, which I do too. I don't use it here, but I I do to a certain extent because I do have kids. So I try to do my best to, I do my best. I'm not perfect. I do slip up, but I try to do my best to conceal it as much, much as possible. However, recently she did an interview with Tokyo. I don't know what is Tokyo's name. I just know her as Tokyo. So this is Black China's mother. And I was very much taken back by 
the things that she was saying. And I want to say that that's really hard because a lot of times um, when you hear people talk about different, you know, about their moms or whatever the case may be, people normally usually have good, decent conversations, but I'm not a naive, you know, I'm not the only one who has ever heard someone say something about their parent and it may leave you speechless or it could be a place of confirmation. It just depends on your situation. You know, everybody doesn't grow up with these cookie cutter parents. We don't, I know I, my parents, I wouldn't necessarily consider them to be um, cookie cutter parents whatsoever. So Tokyo, Black China's mom is literally going off on this big tangent about her thoughts about Black China. Now, remember, this is her own child. This is her flesh and blood. Now, without going into details, because again, if you've never heard of Unwind with Tasha K, this would be a great time for you to just look her up. And specifically, if you want to look up the Black China um, Tokyo conversation. So Tokyo, Black China's mother, is going off about her daughter saying things that are salacious saying things I mean and, and are they true or not that's not my call because none of us were there the problem that I had is I think every person should have some level of uncomfortability when listening to this conversation one because the, the curse words even for me is out of pocket but beyond that I'm listening to her basically tear her child down say everything matter of evil about her child now, let's say everything that she was saying is true. I don't know as a mom, even if I felt like it was true. I'm not, I'm pretty sure. I don't even have to say, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that I would be amiss to drag my own child. Now, personally, I've been known, I, you know, I'll drag another adult if, if it was necessary, because I've gotten to the point now in my life where I just don't feel the need to drag somebody as much as I would or much as I might have decided to growing up you know like in my 20s you know that life type of lifestyle you drag somebody you know it is what it is but when you get to the point when you get a little older especially when you start to have children you want to try to find a way to try to model your behavior to be something of decency now I have heard mothers curse their babies and I'm talking about babies I'm talking about little kids who's barely walking and it cringe it's cringeworthy it nothing irritates me more than hearing a mother call their child stupid you look like your father you ain't good for nothing I never wanted you these are very hard topics to listen to but if you're in the city especially like in the city of Philadelphia and you're driving and you see the moms at the bus stop that are dragging their kids who, by the way, are walking probably steps behind them. And you hear the things that they say out of their mouth. It, listen, let me be very clear. I am not suggesting that my parenting is the most perfect parenting because I'll listen. I'm going to talk about the things that I even struggle with with parenting. In hopes that somebody else will hear this and get themselves together. Even if you don't have children, like, cause you might be tapped out, be like, well, this ain't for me. I don't have kids. You know, like I know you've heard people talk and say things to their kids that you just make you think like if they're saying these things in public, what in the world are they saying behind closed doors? 
we can't even um, on the slowest of bits think that when we hear kids cussing, where do you think they get that from? Now, listen, as much as I've grown up in a church, doesn't mean that I didn't cuss when I was a kid, even though my parents taught me not to. My kids are pretty young and I've heard them say words. So I'm like the type of the realest parent. Like I'm like, listen, am I aware that you're going to cuss? Yes. It would be ridiculous of me to think that they're not going to say words that they're not supposed to. But the level of respect that I have taught them is to one, find a different way to communicate if you can. And then number two, don't be crazy enough to do it in my house. As if like we're equal and you just cussing and carrying on. We just like, that's just how we have it. Then on top of that, don't do it in school. Have respect for yourself to know when you're in certain arenas. Like if I'm around certain people, a certain way that they handle themselves, my curse words are not going to just be so freely because you have to learn how to move in different spaces. The way that I talk and kiki it up with my girlfriends and my friends is not the same way that I talk and kiki it up with my parents. And it's not the same way I would talk it up if I was in front of a spiritual leader, whether I believed in that spiritual leader or not, just certain decorum. So. As I'm listening to Tokyo, a.k.a. Black China's mother, going off about her child, her grown child at this, at at best. And now we've seen Black China, if you've seen anything on social media, if you've seen Black China and her mother go back and forth, the amount of toxic behavior is out of control. And I can't even say if it's one side versus the other. That is their journey to take. So it's not for me to sit there and say who's doing more than the other. I will say it was disturbing to hear. Do I believe that mothers can be jealous of their daughters? Absolutely. I believe it 100%. Do I believe that mothers can be jealous to the point where they would go on some type of a national forum and then discuss, discussively talk about their child? I would say in 2021, everything is possible. Like since 2020, there's really nothing to me that can be considered to be abnormal anymore. Like what's abnormal? However, I felt an extreme amount of discomfort listening to them. And I think basically this, it could be a real trigger point. Again, you know, we have to get out this mindset. Like I've heard people give people advice and say that if your mom or your dad, you know, because of your mom or your dad, you're supposed to respect them. And I say, yes, you can respect any, anybody. You know, when you see homeless people, they're people, you respect them. You don't look down on them. At least you shouldn't. And so you can give a stranger simple respect, but we have to stop this concept, this conversation that respect means that we must bring everybody in and we must be around them and we must give unto them and we must allow them to continue to have access to us to speak or to do any old type of thing. Now, I know for me, especially for most black people and other races too, like it's not just a it's not one race over the other, but I will say for me, I can only speak of the black experience because I'm a black woman. Growing up, there was never a level of, of talking, quote unquote, talking back to a parent that was ever acceptable. As I've got, even when I was younger, I used to feel that there should have been some five seconds of levels of being able to explain yourself or to be able to have an authentic conversation without fear of retaliation. But that's not, but we don't live in that type of society, not back then. I was on internet and I saw someone post 
the way that we talk about the things that our parents did or didn't do, what will our kids say about us? Which is a large reason why I am in counseling, not for any other reason, but because I want to make sure that whatever I'm saying or whatever I'm doing, especially where my kids are concerned, is on the up and up. It is my moral responsibility to try to raise them to be intellectually sound and to be emotionally sound. And how can I do that if I every time that they go to disagree, I am screaming, I am yelling, I am telling them that they're not valid. Like we're going to have different opinions. Like we expect our kids to grow up and to be intellectually smart and to have a thought process or a feeling about whatever's being said and not to be ever to be able to express that. I look at that and I just say, I don't really prescribe to that because how can my children stand up for themselves without being disrespectful? Like if my kids was in here howling at me like they was crazy or something and telling me off or doing that, that's, that's disrespectful. But disagreements is not disrespect. You can respectfully disagree with someone. So hearing Black China's mom going off about her child openly on, again, a national forum, Tasha K, um, Unwind with Tasha K has been on YouTube for years or has been in some type of forum for years. She's well known as a blogger. Some people call her like, you know, a celebrity blogger or whatever the case may be, but she's been known for a while because I wrote up on her a couple years ago. So she's been in, in these streets for quite a minute. So for you to know that you're going to be on this forum and to, to basically trash and down your child. Now, some people would say, well, you don't know what she, what she has done. Listen, as a parent, as a mom, I am human. I have feelings. And so, yes, there are times when you have to watch and guard yourself because as a human, you could feel slighted in the best way. However, as a mother, the responsibility as a mother, even if you're grown, is a lot deeper than what people expect. Just because your child is 18 doesn't give you the right because you're the mom to disrespect them to any type of level just because you're upset or you're mad. And so that's why I said there's literally no excuse for it. So even if Black China dogged her own mom, I'm not saying that Tokyo would be wrong for how she feels. I would say that she would be wrong for how she execute herself in that, in the way that she feels. But regardless, it's still toxic. And I'm learning every day, like I'm in therapy and I'm learning every day about what toxic behavior looks like. And I can't speak for what toxic behavior looks like for you, but I know for myself, it looks completely different than having somebody's mother call them out of their name. I don't think you can get any more like to know that your mother called you out of your name. That's a level of, of counseling you would need just on that alone, regardless of what. See, this is the problem that I have with this concept of unconditional love. It doesn't mean that you are going to not like what your child is saying or what your child is doing. It doesn't mean that whatever the worst possible thing that a child, whether grown or not, could do would not make you upset. But I want to find a way to love my children with real unconditional love that doesn't come with pretenses. I love you as long as you make decisions that I feel is best for you. I love you and I respect you as long as you do as I say, but not don't don't watch what I watch and do the things that I tell you do don't matter what I'm doing in my actions. How can I mirror to my own children how to live right by doing the wrong? 
but telling them to do the right. So again, parenting does not come with any form, any form of playbook. And I'm going to be the first to admit that I make a lot of mistakes when it comes to parenting. I think all parents will make those mistakes, especially when you're trying to do it right. You will make more mistakes trying to do it right than if you just continue on the path. But I challenge myself all the time to listen, to stop. We cannot parent. I don't feel like I want to parent my children from a place of I'm going to make you strong by tearing you down. Like we have to lead with some form of love. And if I love my child, I wouldn't want to say anything. I think the words that we choose that we say is worse than beating them. Like spanking our children. If you believe in spanking. And that's your business if you choose to or not. I just say that whatever you're doing, anything that leaves a mark is wrong. Period. I don't care. That is my personal thoughts. Again, you might say, well, I left the mark, but it wasn't that bad. They can handle it. Absolutely not. However, the words that we say, especially to our children, becomes far worse sometimes than any type of physical, any type of physical that you can give to a kid. So when you tell your child that they're dumb and when you tell your child that they're stupid and maybe you're saying to yourself, well, I don't be calling my kids that because I know that's wrong. But then you say other things that tears them down mentally and emotionally. You talk about how their hair looks. You talk about the outfit choices instead of just, you know, listening and finding out why did they make that choice? Those are the types of situations and circumstances that we really should be more mindful of how we speak. Now, we talk about all the time, like this is what I talk about when we talk about we pick and choose what we want to to incorporate and what we don't. We talk about words having life or death, but then we speak death over our children all the time death of their of their of their emotions death of who they are who they're trying to become like no one is going to be perfect in what they're doing and listen I know that I'm only been a parent for almost 12 years so who am I to give someone an advice about parenting but I can tell you one thing you can ask my therapist about some of the things that I've been working through and they'll tell you she's growing that girl growing So with that growth, I like to try to find a way to apply that because, again, I know that there's going to be some level of kids not agreeing with everything that as parents do. So there's going to be something that my kids are going to call out. But I pray that if it's something that is going to be called out, that is something that's small and not something that made them feel small. I hope that if they call me out and they say, oh, you were just too involved or whatever the case may be. I pray that it's that and it's not something that broke them down to the point where when they go to another relationship when they try to interact with other people that they're not holding on to scars that I created. Like, I don't want to be that. I don't want to have that for them. So if you dare, you may listen to, if you choose to listen to the unwind with Tasha K, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, if you are five seconds of a decent mom, five seconds of a decent dad, five seconds of a decent human, you are going to be very, I couldn't even hardly listen to all of it. It was that damaging, especially towards the end, just horrible. So we just have to be very careful. I know a lot of old school parenting style is children are seen, but not heard. Children are supposed to not be involved in anything that goes on. They don't get to have a say about anything. They pretty much just exist. You feed them, you clothe them, you keep it pushing. 
but it takes more than just providing. You also have to be aware of their emotional and their mental needs. And again, I can't, I don't even know what type of level of, of, of greatness that is going to come with parenting because this is, listen, these last few years has been accountability. And I know a lot of old school parents don't want to hear that, but you have to be able to accept that there were things that were said and that were done that wasn't right. And not just say that as a general statement, like be very specific. You hurt your child by the things that you said. They may still be dealing with that to this day. I personally choose to deal with anything that I'm dealing with, whether it be from childhood or anything, you know, young adulthood, relationships, dating, you know, in my 20s, anything that I've dealt with, anything that I've ever dealt with. I choose to be the better person to try to make myself better because it's not once you get to a certain point, you can sit there and say that somebody else did to you, but it's now your responsibility to to unheal. You're not unhealed, but to heal. The healing comes from, becomes your responsibility. You can point the fingers out, but I'm choosing to point my fingers in and ask myself, what can I do in any given situation? We have these moments with our own kids where we have them talk about the things that they felt may have upset them. Now, I know a lot of parents is like, mm, girl, why would you do that? Because kids don't like nothing, you, you know, parents do. And that's true to a certain degree. But if my child is saying to me, and if I can take my ego and set it to the side for five seconds and say, you know, when you were talking to me, you said things that just didn't set right with me. It made me feel small. It made me feel a certain way. You know, you got to put your pride to the side because I'd rather put my pride to the side and swallow that and eat that than to realize that I'm continuously a pattern that may not be beneficial to them. And I'm talking about literally deep hurt and pain. Not that they like Cheerios over, over Frosted Flakes. So taking the time to listen and then sometimes having to swallow my ego. Like my kids at one point, I think it was my oldest. She was just like, mom, you holler too much. Your hollering was like, fizz. like I started to see it myself too, if I had to be honest. This is like when she was a little younger. And like seeing your child be afraid because you're raising your voice and it's like, okay, you're raising your voice because maybe you were in a house that, you know, grew up in a house that was hollering or that was just the way you're processing whatever is going on. You're just supposedly frustrated. Putting my pride to the side and saying, you know what, you're right. Let me approach the situation differently. Being able to have a conversation with her so that I don't ever have to see her be afraid. Listen, I want my children to respect me, but I also want to be somebody that they can respect. And I don't think anybody's going to get respect out of being afraid physically for that you're going to do something to them, even if you never do, just because you're screaming at them. Now, that's not to say that I'm not going to ever yell at my kids, but it does say that I'm doing the active work to be more mindful of it so that I'm not in a house where they're, you know, there's a, some people live in their old childhood houses be the house of terror. Because they can remember every bad thing that went down that was physically draining, that was emotionally draining. Like, I don't want that for them. So putting my pride to the side and saying, you know what, you're right. Let me go get some therapy and make sure I'm good and see how I can become better. Because at the end of the day, if I never give my kids a new trinket or a new toy, even though I, I know I will because I, I work hard to do those things. Me giving them therapy letting them know that self-care is important, letting them know those things that's going to help them in their mental health, because I'm not going to always be around. Those are the things that I'm more inclined to be concerned about. So that's what I gravitate towards. 
So I also wanted to talk about Boosie. And the reason why I want to talk about him, because we have talked about him and Lori Harvey a couple times on this podcast. I think, what, two weeks ago? It might even have been last week where we were discussing about Lori Harvey and everybody was talking about her and her dating and everything else. And listen, she has grown. She can do what she wants to do. I find it strange that when we see a young lady who has a thousand and one kids, we talk so bad about how she needs to slow down. But we're talking about a young woman who has no children, who has not been married to a soul, and she's in her 20s. She's dating, doing things that dating people should do. Why is that a problem? I find it very odd that, of course, we talk about the men. Oh, my God, they're doing this or doing that. But at the end of the day, the men don't even get to carry the burden of their own sexuality like women have to. Like, we're not allowed to say that we like sex. We're not allowed to hold our own sexuality. We're not allowed to say anything where we're supposed to be like we're supposed to be sexual towards these men, but not be sexual beings enough to just put that on hold and put that on ice so we can look chaste and honest and all these different things. And let me tell you something. I grew up in a church where we had to wear dresses all the way down to practically the bottoms of our sneakers. And not all, but some of them were still out here doing what they wanted to do. So what, where was the honor at? Because we appeared to look quote unquote holy. Right. We have this appearance of holiness. Like I could talk about that all. Trust me, I can do a whole podcast just on that. So we really have to stop and step back and let grown people do grown people things and mind the business that pays us. To be honest with you, we can have opinions like I have an opinion. I think Lori Harvey should be able to do the things that Lori Harvey should be able to do. And you might feel, nah, leave Lori. No, Lori Harvey needs, you know, live better. Stop wearing these dresses like that. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. Listen, I grew up in a church my whole life. For most of my life, I should say. Of this nose and this had to be a certain way and had to be a certain way. And then at the end of all of that. The pastor who taught us all of that ended up having his whole, mostly just his whole testimony being shot because then he started to live at the end, just any way he chose to live. So that just let me know that one thing we have to start taking personal accountability for what it is that we choose to do in this life. Personal accountability, not living on the standards of what someone is telling you, but personal accountability. And two, stop following the crowd. Plain and simple. Whatever Lori Harvey is going to do, however everybody is feeling about it, none of us have to pay for any of the decisions that she's making. None of us. Not me, not you, not anybody else. However, I preface that to say, Boosie and all of his foolishness, as usual, per usual. And if you don't remember, remember he was the one who decided to tell the world that he had allowed in a grown woman to give oral sex to his 12 or 13 year old son because he didn't want his son to become gay which is the most asinine thing you can ever say because that means absolutely nothing to a child who is developing and figuring themselves out it means absolutely nothing this same man who has a gaggle of kids across however needs to be worrying about them babies that he got now mind you he has about six to eight children by six or so different baby moms I think it's like eight kids or six moms something to that effect so he really don't have time to be worrying about a woman that's completely out of his league. And why I say out of his league? Because they don't even travel in the same types of circles. Like there's, they don't really have too much in common. 
So why is he worrying about some woman and worrying about women having empowerment? Like these women have so much power because they get to do whatever they want. They get to go into the next man and next man. And you're all calling it goals. No one is saying that Lori Harvey, if she chooses to be with whomever, she could be with 20, 30 men. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but even them church mothers had their own lives. They was doing their own thing. Now, I'm not saying all of them, but we have to remember everybody has a life and everybody has a choice and everybody has to do what they have to do. However, grown people should be able to make grown people decisions, especially when it doesn't affect another person. And and I preface this. He's throwing salt on Lori Harvey for doing the same thing that he as a man does do. He is very outly spoken about his sexual exploitations but has a problem talking about a woman that basically is playing almost like the man's game and a man's role but doing her like it's okay for her to just literally do her without everybody telling her what she can and cannot do have our opinions like we are now we're having a conversation but that's about as far as it gets and, and that's just what it is. However, I just have a problem with Boosie. I, I just, that is not going to stop. I mean, I find it strange he hasn't even been picked up or even arrested or had any type of child abuse claims after you go on national, some type of internet and social media and brag about how you had a grown woman. And then I have to ask myself, what grown woman would allow yourself outside of a coin? Because we know she had to have gotten paid to sit there and allow yourself to put your mouth on a 12 or 13 year olds, anything that is rape. Call it what you like to call it. Make it seem like it's whatever it is, but that's rape, period. So it's just disgusting. So I'm just hoping that Bootsy would really just get his life together where he just go on by his way, raise all them children and do whatever he's going to do. That's what I hope. Is that going to happen? No, because he is the he's he loves to talk. This man loves to talk. This is a new generation. I ain't never seen this much talking as men that talk so openly about so many things that don't really concern them. It's just another level for me. I do want to talk about Black History Month in the context of, again, because I work with brands. We really just have to make sure that the brand like I really wish that every brand, especially when they want to use Black Lives Matter or black history anything that they would really just make sure that they have a diversity team that is actually diverse to really vet some of the things that they put online I won't say the company that actually is in the hot seat in my mind for doing this because it literally just happened but what I will say is we just got to do better I don't want anyone doing things to pander because it's black history month and they feel like if they don't say something that people will notice or they will have a re issue like if you truly believe in the full diversity of people and the and the brand and having that be shown and done like it has to be done right and it has to be done well you know a lot of companies like I've said this before in the podcast I think this was two weeks ago a lot of companies put that black square up in the summertime and you ain't seen no diversity going on, on the Instagram their social media their websites their products have not been diverse since and it wasn't diverse then just a black square to say we stand in solidarity. But then we gave one donation or two donations and then we were good. I want to talk about having a continued conversation. Like when you want to amplify black voices, please do so where it's truly an amplification of black people and black voices and shows their the goodness that they put into this earth. How dope and amazing that they are not talking about slavery every other minute. And then that's it. That's where the conversation starts. And that's where the conversation ends. There's so much more greatness and layers 
to being a black woman or being a black man or being a black trans woman, uh, trans, there's so many levels. So I, I really want us to have authentic conversations about what we're putting out into the world and how we're moving in this world and how we're not using things as trigger points to just celebrate them because it sounds like something that we should that we should do, but we don't truly believe in the, in the, the story and the inclusion. So, so along with the, and this is a continuation, I believe with just the whole black China and Tokyo, what are the things that I have been doing just this week to get through? What are the things that I have been doing with self-care? Again, I want to talk about self-care and I want to talk about mental health. And I want to talk about those things because they are more prevalent than we can ever imagine. We are about to celebrate next month a whole entire year from being at home. I have been working from home and being at home and working from home is not a big deal for me because I've done it plenty of times, not even an issue working from home and also having your your spouse or your partner working from home, working from home and also having to be a full time parent within the home at the same time is not as easy as people would like for it to look. You know, I have to play many hats throughout the day, just like any mom, right? All moms play those different hats. But having to be a lunch lady, then stopping to go into a meeting, then stopping to do this and do that. And then I was in an interview, interviewing someone and I had to like completely pause my my interview to go tell the kids to calm down and stop being loud like those are things that normally would not happen if I was working from home because again my kids would be in school so this week for self-care to get through all of these different layers and things that have been going on again music therapy has been probably the first thing that I've gone to because I was it's a continuation of what I did last week I haven't been able to get out I've, I've always been a very expressive to telling people to get fresh air and all those different things um, I did go out one time this week because I'll give you an update on my, my foot, my boot. But taking deep breaths and being mindful of my conversations has been the three things that have gotten me through for self-care. So taking deep breaths and releasing some of that energy, releasing some of that frustration has been helpful. And watching what I say to the people that are around me, which means mostly the people in my house. Instead of screaming, instead of hollering, instead of doing any of those things, take a deep breath and then answer. Find a way to meet each individual person. And that's a lot. There are too many personalities in my house I have to contend with and decide who needs what at what moment. But that is a part of balancing. So those are the three things that have gotten me through music and the right music. You know, when you're angry, the worst thing you can do is listen to something that's edgy that has, you know, strong beats that have words that are about anger to express any type of that. For me, that's, that's how I look at that. So I try to find um, the type of music that's going to be more calming, more soothing, that's going to be helping me, even if it's a good cry, even if it's a good laugh, whatever the case may be. So music, taking long, deep breaths, and watching my tone and watching what I'm saying. And that has helped me tremendously this week. Because the, my kids, for instance, have been off for the last couple of days because we've had snow in, in Philadelphia. And so it's been very helpful for me to be mindful that they, too, are in this house just like me. They, too, are going to get more frustrated because of things that they can and cannot do and trying to ch- take that into strides. Not being so head bent on like this thing has to be done right now. This week has been a lot of meetings. I, I don't understand how I even had the capacity that I've had to have all as many meetings. I'm talking about in the nighttime, during the day, 
meetings all through the place. And remember, I'm having met meetings being scheduled in between, you know, my children and just whatever else that has to be on everybody else's plate. So this week has been crazy. However, what I'm noticing too is just being very particular about how I run my blog and run my business. If you don't know, I do have a blog at www.toytime.org that I run and it's a full-time business. And I recently am now, I had my business is now LLC. So I'm, you know, really doing what I need to do, taking care of my situation and taking care of my business. And so with that comes a lot of responsibility financially. And it comes with a lot of responsibility of making sure that all of my ducks are in a row and how I respond to different emails from different companies with different requests from different clients. It just all matters. And there's a lot of carrying on going around there. So this week has been pretty emotionally tough. And so those are the three things for my personal self-care. You know, as I'm going into the weekend, I have some things that I want to do and get, you know, just a couple of things around the house that I need to get done. And then I need to start preparing for next month. That's what bloggers, that's what influencers, that's what people do. You know, you have to look ahead. You have to get things set up ahead. So that's what my weekend is going to consist of. And some downtime too. Like I'm planning to have a moment where I'm like, don't get on my computer put my phone to the side and really relax and enjoy the weekend because weekends are like a minute. You turn around, you you take a deep breath and turn around and weekend is like done. So you have to be really mindful of using your weekends constructively, especially when you're in a situation like me where, you know, my blog doesn't really have a Monday through Friday. Like there's blogs going down. There are businesses that are happening. And contrary to sound belief, like I'll get emails from, from companies too. Like I got an email late last Friday night for a turnaround time of Monday. So this was last Friday into this Monday. Like this is very normal. This is very normal. This is just how it works. So just being mindful of that. And again, mindful of my thoughts, mindful of how I'm speaking, mindfulness of myself. I actually ended up missing my therapy session and they actually got canceled. So not having that this week and still being able to be in complete control the one day this week. So this was crazy. So the one day this week, my husband's tire got punctured, uh, broke uh, part of my nail all in the same day. The one meeting that was scheduled, like scheduled like eight thirty nine o'clock in the morning, decided to cancel literally last second as I'm about to log into the meeting. Cause I always come to meetings early and they wanted to cancel. It was just like a gambit of like craziness that happened all in the same day. And even without being able to talk to my therapist, and it's actually been quite a couple, I think it's been, I want to say one or two weeks. This was supposed to, yeah, so this was like this, yeah, one or two weeks. Just being able to know that my therapist doesn't get to dictate my day-to-day. Having a therapist helps me to become better so that I can dictate my day-to-day. But realizing that whatever I've been doing has been working because, again, I'm not as stressed out. My anxiety levels was at, you know, it was very low. And I know somebody's like, well, what do you mean your anxiety? Like I do openly deal with anxiety. I notice it in my children. And so I've gotten them the help that they need to deal with it as well. And for me, I'd rather just be honest about me dealing with anxiety. I'd rather be honest about dealing with depression. I'd rather be honest about dealing with these things so that I can become better. Because again, my pride doesn't help me or anybody around me if I don't fix it. Me being afraid to say that I have a problem and then therefore doing something to actively fix it does nothing if I don't actually do the work. So that has been the key. So I didn't have my therapist um, session. I'm going to reschedule and I've been doing just fine because, again, 
putting into practice what you've been talking about with your therapist or your whomever you would like to call them um, has been very helpful to help me to when situations come up to not take things to heart like whatever it is there is a solution that can happen will happen one of the things that I've realized this week is that I haven't been getting the sleep that I need to this week has been really off for my sleep schedule so I plan to get it together and pull it together because I need to get my rest like I need my sleep part of me being able to do what I'm doing is just by getting the rest and being able to rest when you wake up the next day when everything goes you know held in a handbasket is being able to know that you are not on that top of that causing yourself to be even more irritable by not getting enough sleep you know we talk about self-care and sometimes naps are self-care or sleeping in an extra 15 minutes can be self-care it doesn't have to be this long drawn out process but it's really literally the ability to know what it is that you need at any given moment and then to be able to feel non-guilty non-guilty about not guilty about really reaching in to get exactly what you need like there's nothing wrong with you getting the things that you need for your life to be that much happier to be that much more stable and lastly Texas again Ted Cruz is out here taking trips to Mexico because he claims that he his daughters had a trip planned and he wanted to be a good father and he so he flew up there to be with them listen as a parent there's nothing that I won't do to make sure that I'm there for my kids but sometimes responsibility means that I have to have that difficult conversation with them and say I'm sorry that I can't do A, B, and C. Let's try to reschedule that. That is how I try to parent my kids because the real life, there are going to be times when things will pop up. And this is the reason why, like I never grew, like when I started having kids, I didn't start telling them that, okay, we're going to do A, B, and C until it became time to do it. Because I don't believe in giving them this information that they don't need and then breaking their hearts or break, you know, breaking promises or anything like that. I think that the girls, his daughters, whoever would have understood that Texas is in a, in a huge crisis and that Mexico could have waited. I think that it was just a poor example of humanity to get on a flight to go to to Mexico. And the fact that he needed security and police officers to, to take him because he knew that the outrage would have been a mess further lets me know that he made a conscious decision he knew that the drawback was going to be what it was going to be back the blowback was going to be a mess and he decided to still go I mean this is where we are and even worse than that the mayor in Texas that decided to say basically the survival of the fittest is going to be what's going to happen stop complaining because you're lazy and you don't want to get you can't figure it out for yourself we're not going to hear to come to save you of course he has now resigned but did you honestly say that to people that have their houses torn up and don't have power, don't have water, kids that are hungry, grownups that are hungry? I was watching on on social media and I saw Tammy Roman, who is um, she used to be a part of the basketball basketball wives franchise. And, you know, she tells all her jokes and she has her bonnet chronicles and she has all these different things. But none of that won't matter if you're filming in Atlanta for, you know, making your money to do what you got to do to take care of your family. And you go and there's no house to come back to. Her whole house had water coming from literally like the second floor all the way down. So it doesn't matter what stage of life you're in when something like that is devastatingly happened. The worst thing you can do is have a bunch of people that's around you that's insensitive and saying ignorant things about the things that they're supposed to be helping to take care of. Ted Cruz, a senator. Come on now. The mayor, sir, 
That is your job. That is your actual job to help the citizens that you were put into office to help. Like, how do you just say, oh, well, if you're strong, you're strong, you're going to be all right. But if you weak, hey, that's less people we got to worry about. Like, there's nothing human about that type of response. That is not a human response whatsoever. It's just disgusting that where we are right now, that this can even be a, a conversation that we should even be having. Everybody else that has a five seconds of common sense would be like, wow, I need to really figure out how to help. But nope, if our leadership is messed up, then we're going to have everything else messed up. So that's where we are right now. And can you imagine if you're literally in Texas right now and you are struggling and your life is in a balance and somebody said that to you? Like how disgusting, like it's disgusting for me and I'm not in Texas. It's disgusting for me. And I actually have friends who are in Texas right now who I'm having a call every single day to say, are you okay? What do you need? Because they're struggling. And there's nothing like I can't get on a flight to get there. There would be nothing like I can't sometimes physically be there. And like, even if I sent money, if they don't have, if they don't have something that's open, that's going to be able to get them what they need. Like this is real life. So that's why I say the way the human spirit is working right now makes absolutely no sense. So I was in, I've been in a boot, one of those um, foot boots, like when you have an injury or so when, you know, you have a sprain or it's not a break, but it, you know, it's a bad injury. So I had that on my right foot and I've been in it for about three weeks now. My doctor finally cleared for me to be out of the boot for a couple hours a day back into the boot for the other couple hours and then by Saturday I should be able to be at the boot all day and just be done with the boot altogether but I have to get physical therapy and all this other stuff so I'm so glad to see my two shoes I have been walking around with this one boot on and then one shoe when I have to go places which hasn't been much but it's just a principle to see my like my actual two feet Um, we celebrated my daughter's birthday she just turned seven and my youngest And that was amazing because this is actually her first uh, quarantine birthday because her birthday isn't obviously in February. So, you know, we were still rocking it out this time last year. You know, everybody getting out and doing whatever they wanted to do. No hesitation, no mask, no none of that. So this was actually her first quarantine birthday. If we're still in this house by May, which I kind of think we might be, this will be my second quarantine birthday. The way that I'm feeling about that, it, it really, it's just like mixed emotions. I'll be 40. So I was like, oh, I'm going to have this big celebration. But most people haven't had a big celebration. So that doesn't bother me at all. But yeah, we celebrated my daughter and, you know, try to do the best that you can. You have the cake, you have the gifts wrapped up. You know, I decorated the house, which I do anyway. I, I did that even when we were able to be out and about. But, you know, just trying to make, find ways to make it special, to make them understand and adults too because we celebrated my husband last week um the week you know a couple days two weeks ago and you try to make the person feel as special and as and and as in love with you know the fact that they're turning whatever age that they're turning so that was been interesting for this week as well and we just kind came away from celebrating valentine's day which was last weekend my husband's birthday obviously was the week before my father i mean valentine's day so we did really big and of course i got him a gift and everything for valentine's day because that's just you know that's what you do you you don't just give if you don't just receive gifts you should be giving gifts as well ladies you should be making sure that you listen to your partner and getting the gifts that they would like to have right well my husband he's amazing decided to really up the ante this year 
And so he took the kids to build a bear and they got this bear made. And it was like, oh, you got to build a bear. But the bear itself actually had a message with my kids all saying, you know, mommy, we love you and everything. And that was really special. In particular, I've like I've been on this lookout for a dog. Um, I want to get my kids a dog and myself, to be honest with you. And um, particularly, I want a dog and I want to get a brown dog and I want to name him Brownie Store. And so they ended up getting me a dog that was Brownie Store from Build-A-Bear and of course had the message. So that was super sweet. My husband got me, you know, two dozen roses and cards and candy. And so I was just excited. You know, he really couldn't tell me nothing. I was just excited. You know, the, the, I'm excited about, I love holidays anyway. However, about maybe an hour, an hour and a half, maybe possibly two hours after he and the kids presented me the presents, I turn around and he sends, I get this text message and I look and it's like, you know, I sent you, I sent you a message, check this out. So I open the message and it is Jalil White saying it's the most amazing happy Valentine's Day message. Now I have been and will always be a Jalil White fan. You know, he's the one who played, um, Steve Urkel on Family Matters or Stefan Urkel and I loved him the character of Steve Urkel and the character of Stefan like as a kid so I used to when I was growing up I used to tell my mom like oh that's my crush so I love him I'm gonna marry him I'm gonna be his wife so the fact that my husband was secure enough to go and actually have him send me this message was major like I can't stop watching the video it's an actual video it's not even a text message it's a video of him talking to me I watch it several times a day I'm just obsessed because I'm like you know this man my husband really really did an amazing thing and just listening to me because like you know it's one thing like my husband is the type of person that he's in it for the long game for instance, if I said like, oh, I want to go swim with the dolphins, like it's on my bucket list. When we went to our honeymoon, he made sure that that got done. So it's like he listens and takes it in. Like I said, even when he did the, my ring, the engagement ring, it was a manifestation of things that we had talked about when we were in college and we were dating. And at that time, you know, we weren't even thinking about marriage, just having casual conversation. And he still brought all of these elements together. So I'm a very lucky woman. And so I'm grateful for that. So, yeah, Valentine's Day weekend was amazing for me. I'm still on cloud nine. I'm still listening to my watching my video with Jalil White. And um, so last week from this week has been challenging. It's had its highs and it's had its lows. And of course, the Internet is never without stories like the Internet is never without stories. But for me, making sure that I'm watching what I'm saying and as a parent, taking that time out to put my pride to the side again. Did I feel pricked when my daughter a couple years ago was like, Mom, you're yelling at me. And it wasn't that she was saying that I was yelling at her. She literally said, and she was very sweet when she said it. She just said, listen, the way that you talk is very harsh. And I had to step back. Like, it's true. The way that I was talking to her wasn't necessary. Like, I could have gotten my point across without the screaming and the yelling and the hollering. And so I was grateful that my daughter, like I said, I've, I've said this plenty of times on my blog. And I'm going to continue to say that my my children literally saved my life because it's from them that I realized let me go ahead and get some counseling let me go ahead and get some therapy let me go ahead and be a better parent to them let me become a better parent let me become a better human personally because it's not just so that I can be a good parent like I want to be a good human and I want to be able to look in the mirror and love and love what I see in the mirror 
So beyond me worrying about what other people are thinking about, okay, why are you doing this? I'm doing this because I want to be better. And every, every, every way that I possibly can. So if my children come to me and they authentically say, listen, you said this, it was very hurtful. I'm listening. I might have to bite my tongue through it. And I've done that plenty of times. Like, you know, kids, they know if you actually listen to them, they can tell you. That's why they can tell when somebody's off and when somebody is right. Because kids, they have a sense, they have a sense of, of knowing. And so we have to nurture that so that they have that mindset to know when something isn't right. And so when my kids sit me down and we have these conversations and we have our little huddle and they're like, you know, this happened, that happened. I'm like, you know what? You're right. And you know what? I don't have any pride in the fact that apologizing to them when I make a mistake is not something that's so far fetched. Like, I don't feel like it takes anything away from my parenthood just to say, I mommy messed up. Mommy said that wrong. and I truly want you to forgive me. And when you say that you're sorry, do your very best to actively. And I mean, actively change the behavior. We tell our kids and we say it all the time. When someone apologizes to you and they don't change your behavior, that means that apology that they gave meant nothing. And so when our kids get into things, even amongst themselves, we say to them, what is your true apology? And they will tell you changed behavior. Changed behavior is the only true form of a true apology. Your mouth can say sorry all day. But if your actions don't say sorry, and if you're truly not actively working to become better, then what are you doing? One, wasting your breath and wasting your time. So I tell my kids, watch when people say sorry with their mouth, but their actions don't line up. And because I told them that, I also have to do the same. If my mouth is saying one thing, but my actions are saying something different, then they need to watch me. They need to be aware that "Mm, she didn't get it right. Or she needs to get that together. Or she doesn't mean what she says. Even me, even me. I tell them all the time. I want them to be in a situation to be able to respectfully speak up for themselves. And I tell them, I tell them, my kids are super respectful. I've never gotten a report from anybody that's ever said that my kids was disrespectful in any type of way. And so if my kids come to me and they tell me that somebody said or did something and I agree with them, I'm going to support them 100% to find a way to risk for them to respectfully convey that message and if they find that they can't do it then you can best believe mama bear gonna come and handle it because that is the way that we should be teaching them they should be able to sit there and really formulate their words learn how to communicate they're not going to learn that from how to communicate if I'm not communicating effectively and if I'm not communicating in a way that is the way you're supposed to For me to scream at my daughter, I can't get mad when she goes and has her own kids and then screams at my grandchildren, right? And I think about that all the time. If how I'm saying it and they mirror what I'm doing, would I be okay with them talking to my grandchildren that way? Probably not. So let me change my tone. Would I be okay if they saw me disrespecting my husband? Would I be okay with them doing the same and think that they're going to be successful in their marriage? No, I would not. Would I want them to belittle their children or talk down and disrespectful to each other? I would not. So I have to mirror that. I can't not tell them to do the good things and then I'm still doing bad. For instance, I make my bed up every morning because I ask them to do it. So I can't have my room looking a hot mess, but telling them to go to make up their bed because I'm the parent. Beat my chest. I'm the parent. You're still the parent. But you can also still be the parent with that bed made up and be an example to them. And you can still mirror good behavior by actually showing it 
not just in the words. So again, I'm not saying that I'm perfect in any means. I'm probably the most non-perfect parent (laughs) that ever existed. But one thing that remains the same is that I'm okay with also being apologetic. And then again, making my words match what I say. So if I get it wrong, I can humble myself and ask for forgiveness. Because I want them to be able to do the same. So as you go into this weekend, you know, it's Friday. Yesterday was um, National Drink Wine. I'm still going to drink wine, even though it's Friday, because that's what we do here on Fridays. I have my glass of wine. We celebrate the fact that we have made it through another week with every type of trial and tribulation that has come. Every time a meeting got canceled, every frustration that was felt, every um, technology that was felt this week for everything that went down at the end of the day, we have made it to a Friday. We have made it through a Friday, whether we were successful in our self-care and we let ourselves go or we were very in tune. There are weeks when that happens. There are weeks when I come before you and I'm like talking and we're having a good conversation. But at the end of the day, I might have failed in my self-care. So then I got to pick myself back up and get back on it. Not just sit there and say I failed and just stay in that failure. So for all those challenges that we've had for the week, we have made it and it's Friday. So for those who drink wine, grab your glass of wine. If you would like a cocktail, grab yourself a cocktail. If you're doing the challenge of drinking water, drink your water, whatever do you need to replenish yourself? Do that. Find some way to do something, one activity that is for yourself, meaning that is exclusively for you that can't nobody really join in. That is only for you. That makes you feel amazing about yourself find a way to do that this weekend because let me tell you weekends are literally five minutes and by the time you turn around Monday will be here knocking at your door so don't waste another weekend don't waste another day golly how many times we have to say that stop wasting each day but definitely don't waste a weekend and yes I'm more in the house just like most people are if not a lot of people I won't say most because some of y'all doing the most y'all out here in these streets but for those who are at home like I have been you can still find a way to find something that's for you So do that this weekend. If you're a parent, take my advice. Please watch your tone. Watch how you say the things that you say. You can get the point across, but find a different way of delivering the message. Somebody told me, I don't know if it was my therapist or somebody else I might have been watching, but they said, when you go to scream at your kid, even though your message is valid, the child doesn't even hear the message. They only hear you screaming. So although you mean well and your heart means the right thing, just like I was, I meant whatever I said, it was trying to get the point across. I meant in the intensity of by which I was trying to say it, but the delivery was way off and my daughter couldn't receive it. And how much more would it be for my child to actually receive the message or let my pride get into in the way? I chose my child over my pride. I choose my child over myself like I'm supposed to because that's what a mom does. So even if you don't have children and you have friends, just watch what they do so that you can find ways to do the things you need to do. But keep in mind, when you have your own kids, you got to go through your own trials. You got to own your own struggles and you have got to figure it out, too. So I wish you nothing but a peaceful weekend. We will be back next week. And I can't wait because it's always a great time to be on here. And I left in the notes of this um, podcast. Did you hear yesterday's bonus episode? We had a bonus episode, which rarely happens two in a week. I'm surprised my throat is if I sound scratchy, blame it on that. Um, We had a bonus episode last week. I mean, yesterday, not last week, but yesterday where we discussed with um, Katrina Hall and she is the director and writer of uh, the Midnight's uh, Tale. The Yeah, the Winter's Tale. I'm sorry. 
And it's a play by Shakespeare, which she's done her own adaptation. And it is playing at Phoenix Theater, Theater, and it's a virtual show. It's showing today at 7, which I will be a part of. Not a part of it, but watching it. And Saturday at 7, and then on Sunday at 2. So look in the notes of this podcast. Get your tickets. And um, let's have a good time. I'm going to do a blog. So that blog will be out tomorrow morning at some point because I want you to get ready and I want you to support this, this show. And again, listen to that podcast from yesterday, which is the bonus episode where we talk about forgiveness. We talk about marriage. We talk about being single and we talk about the church. So you don't want to miss that. Catch that episode. Um, it's a bonus episode from yesterday, which would be um, February 18th. So make sure that you catch that. That episode was amazing. And so shout out to Katrina Hall for just being such a great sport and allowing me to interview her that conversation flowed like if you were talking to one of your favorite aunties and they was putting you on game that conversation is exactly how it flowed so have a good weekend and we'll see each other next week thank you as always for joining me and i know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations that there's something we can learn and apply Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.